some questions might be racing through your mind. Who should I tell? What will my family think? How am I going to afford this? What is the father going to say? Trust me, I've been there too. Take a deep breath and listen to me say that this is not the end of the world. No matter what circumstances have led you to this moment, they do not define your future. Although you might be feeling out of control, there are many paths you can take from here. You can choose to parent, abort, or place your child for adoption. Understand that none of those options are the easy, but how you choose to handle this pregnancy will affect the rest of your life. I chose adoption because it was the best option for me and my child. If you would like to talk with someone about all of your options, or if you have a loved one facing this situation, please contact Legacy Adoption Services at 817-899-5000 or visit their website at LegacyAdoptions.com. All of the Legacy Services are free and confidential. Remember, many have walked this path before, and you are not alone. Hi, I'm Brandon Potts with Potts Realty Group with Fathom Realty. We care about our clients and their experience when selling or buying real estate. You in the last few years have seen a large influx of real estate agents in the market. It is confusing who to use. Do they know the sales market? Are they experienced in negotiating the contract to protect me? Do they know the pricing strategy that gives me the most money but also moves quickly? You deserve to use the experience you are paying for when selling real estate. We at Potts Realty Group understand this and take a serious approach to real estate. You want the most money in the least time with the least hassles. We will show you the information that proves that we can do this. When selling a home, experience is what you are looking for. Don't let others learn on your largest investment. Experience brings you value. Inexperience has a price. Visit us at PottsRealty.com or our Facebook page, Potts Realty Group, or the novel approach. You can talk with us at 817-770-0615. Potts Realty Group, different to make a difference. Good morning. We are live with Intentional Parenting, hosted by Amy Long, Amanda Ford, and Precious Brooks. Hello. Thank y'all for being here. And this show is sponsored by A World for Children. Yes? Yes, yes. ma'am. We're glad to have y'all here on Joko Community Radio. So, Amy, I'm going to let you take it away, girl. All right. This morning, our special guest is Precious Brooks, who is adopted child number 13 for Patty Brooks and Gil Brooks. Mm-hmm. Yes, we go by numbers. I like to say lucky number 13. Right? Uh, absolutely. Hang on. Somebody's volume is up on their phone. Everybody turn your volume down. Not mine. Mine is off. Here. Is it off? Volume off? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, there we go. Good. Okay. Okay. Go, girl. Um, I, I picked Precious for today's because there's a lot she has been through and a lot she has to say and just an incredible person. So, Precious, I want to start out by you telling a little bit about your story. Okay. Um, I am one of, of about 11 biological siblings, but I was only in foster care with four of my brothers. I got in foster care when I was three. I got out when I was around five, I think. My file is not super specific, and I don't remember. And then I got back in the system when I was 10, and I got adopted when I was 16. And I've hopped around from home to home and was separated from my brothers multiple times. And so, um, I don't know, by the age of seven, I was taking care of my younger brother and, you know, helping my older brothers watch everyone, and we were kind of, you know, fending for ourselves as well so and 
I don't know. I just, there's just, there's a lot to it. I don't know exactly. We'll share as much as you want to. Okay. Um, as much as you're comfortable with. Yeah. yeah right? Oh, I'm comfortable yeah. with my ho- telling my I whole story. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I do still hear volume or somebody's sound. My phone is completely it's off. It's not mine, though. I don't know where that's coming from. God is here with us. <laughs> okay. Continue. Um, well, the reason why we were in foster care the second time was because my birth father, who's very sick, was hearing voices to kill me and my brothers and himself, and then he ended up um, calling the police on himself, you know, before he did anything, and we got in the system, and my birth mom is an illegal immigrant now, um, she didn't used to be, she used to be in, in America, but then she got a green, tar- green card taken away, but, um, um, I don't know, I, it was, we've, we've been through a lot, and the only thing I can say out of it is made me, you know, the person I am today, going through everything, and, um, being able to face those things, it's not easy, but, you know, I learned to cope with it. I learned to, to deal with it, and I, I go through it still today, you know, because I still have PTSD. You can't, you know, not have PTSD whenever you've almost been murdered, <laughs> like, three times. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you laugh about that now, mm-hmm. but I can remember when it wasn't so much smile. No. You've come a long way. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was really hard. I know the first time that I, I did speak about my story, I just bawled the whole time. I don't even know if they understood anything that I was saying. So. I remember that. Yeah. How far back do you remember the trauma? Oh, three. Three years old. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, when I was three, the first time I was in the system, um, I remember that day very, very clearly. Right. And so... What happened was um, my birth parents were uh, drug dealers, mm-hmm. big-time drug dealers in San Antonio, and they got a hit that the police were coming to come get them. And so we were packing our bags in our house. It was me and three of my brothers because my youngest wasn't born yet. Right. And um, what happened was uh, the police ended up raiding the house, and we didn't even get out. And I just remember them coming through, like, all the doors and the windows and pulling me from my, because I was sitting on my birth father's lap, and pulling me from his his lap and thro- kind of throwing me against the, the floor to grab him and then taking them out. And so I remember that very, very clearly. And you were three? Three. Oh, my God. Were you placed with your siblings? Um, The first time I was placed with my younger brother, Michael. We were placed together, and then my two older brothers were separated from us and put in a different home. And um, then me and my brother Michael ended up, I do remember we got out of the system before my older brothers the first time. So they stayed in a year longer after we got out. And then came your little brother. And then came Nico when I was seven, yes. And he came through, He came in and automatically he was my responsibility. Because, you know, my birth mom didn't want to be a mom. She didn't want to take care of him. And so I took care of him. Like you can ask anyone, in, even my cousins now, my birth cousins, they all know that I'm Nico's mama, you know. And um, I've always taken care of him, and I took care of him. I taught him how to tie his shoes, you know. I um, was there for his first words and, you know, everything like that. So I remember the placement when you guys got to the Rooks, and I remember how difficult you had at transitioning yeah. from that role. Well, yeah. And your well, mom worked tirelessly trying to get you just to relax and be a kid. Yeah, it was hard. Because I'm not used to being a kid. You would sit in your room and When cry. I was a kid, I was not a kid, you know? Right. I was an adult. I had to. I had responsibilities I had to do. And that was not going outside and playing. That was feeding my brother and making sure he was okay. Right. Yeah. 
And so first, when I first went to the Rooks home, I was by myself. And that was hard, being separated from my brothers. Because even when I was in foster care the second time, I was always with at least one brother, which is my brother Michael. We were always together. And he wanted to stay at that home, which he got adopted in that home, so that was pretty great. Wow. Yeah. And he wanted to stay there, and Nico decided to stay there as well. But then, you know, they gave him the choice that they could both come live with me, but only Nico wanted to. So then eventually he came and lived with me as well. And then I remember when he was there, before he came, I remember my mom sitting me down, and she was like, Precious, now you're not the mama anymore. She's like, you got to let me, you got to let me, you know. And I was like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. It was hard. And I remember, like, they would be getting on to him, and I would have to put myself in my room, because if not, I would probably get into it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, or I would get into it. There's no probably about it. So I would have to remove myself, and I would sit in my room, and I would cry. Just like you said, I would just sit there, and I'd be like, okay, it's okay. He'll be fine. You know, they got it, you know? I was so. there visiting one Saturday, and there was a situation where Nico was in trouble, and Patty was trying to get discipline him, and Precious went to her room. She's sitting in there bowling, and I said, so is Precious in trouble? She's like, no. <laughs> I said, why is she in her bedroom crying? She said, because she's not the mama. I <laughs> 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 went, what does that mean? <laughs> she was like, Precious is having a really, really hard time with not parenting Nico because it's been her job and it's been a responsibility. But now she doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember how hard that was. Yeah. Let's talk about your trauma and how your coping skills are now as an adult. Well, growing up, I was mean and I was angry about everything. I was so, so angry, obviously, you know. And then... um but I still had coping skills through everything. I could have been a lot worse, honestly. And I would draw and write, and that's how I coped with everything. Because that's what kept me sane throughout everything. And I still do it to this day. I mean, I was, I always, I've always been writing. And um, I still struggle with it now, because um, now I have to deal with my panic attacks, because I can get thrown into a with my PTSD, I could get thrown into a memory, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll struggle with that from time to time, and I'll have to deal with being able to come back from that, and calming myself down, and I have to learn how to, uh, what my triggers are, and how to pick them up before it gets too bad, you know, so that's, that's what I've been mainly dealing with nowadays. What's your hardest struggle? right now it's mm-hmm. just dealing with my anxiety and my panic attacks having to make myself get back on meds even though you know that was something I hated when I was younger because they pump you full of those when you're in foster care and so then when it was my choice I didn't want to do it but then I realized it, it did help me if I had the right medicine and I spoke the truth about um if the medicine was right or not, like if it was making me too fuzzy or like a zombie, I could actually say something and they would actually listen, you know? So, yeah. Okay, so what are you doing now? What am I doing now? Are you working? I'm about to start working at a new place, yeah. Um, Or hopefully, I have an interview tomorrow. Yeah, I bet you rocked (laughs) it. So, Hopefully I get that job, and it's going to be at, um, if I do get it, it's going to be at a, a home where 
there will be kids and I can help mentor. It's called youth care specialist is what my position would be. Okay. So I'd be talking with the youth and then every day and helping them and whatnot. So I'm really, really hoping I get it. So crossing my fingers. Nice. That'd be a good position for you. Okay. So let's talk about your poetry and your things that you're doing. Because I know that you do a lot, but everybody else doesn't. I know you're working on a book still, right? Right now, it's just editing it. Just editing it, and then it'll be ready to be published soon, hopefully. So right now, it's just it's getting all the little commas right and everything like that. So. Right. And are you still doing your art shows? I have art show. I have the date of my art show. It's not till to 2020, because it's going to be in a year and a half. Um, so I have plenty of time to get all of my art ready. It's going to be at um, this place um, I actually used to be in foster care at called High Sky Children's Ranch in Midland, Odessa. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to be out there making new buildings. And the therapy building, my friend is the director of the entire thing. She actually used to be my therapist. I've known her since I was 10 years old. And she knows everything that I do. And she told me... A couple days ago, she actually talked to me, and she was telling me, well, we're actually opening up the therapy. We're going to have the new therapy building. She's like, I want your art show, Kate, all over. I want all your art all over the building, and it's going to be showcased in there. And I was like, I better get to work. <laughs> I have some pieces, but I have to get some more, and some bigger pieces probably as well. And then she says I can also do some of my writings so I'll probably just do some calligraphy with those and then put them in frames and stuff. That is so exciting. I'm really excited about That's it. That's awesome. I'm really, really excited about it. Okay, now I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? <laughs> Are you wanting me to do a poem? No. Well, I'm gonna, you're going to do a poem in a minute, but I'm going to okay. put you on the spot. Okay. So you and I worked on some projects together mm -hmm. and did some traveling together. And you came back and opened up a mentor program. Yeah. So when is that coming back? <laughs> you are putting me on the spot. <laughs> I don't know, but I've honestly been thinking about bringing it back. I really have. So have I. Yeah. Because there's a big need right now, and with the job that I'm working, it's um, there's a huge, huge area that, that could be utilized. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, you work on that. I will. I've been thinking about it. Actually, recently, um, my... Was it my sister, Lexi? She told me that she ran into one of the girls that I was mentoring before. And so it was really nice to hear from her. And she was telling me about how she was, or Lexi was telling me about how she was like, oh my God, yeah, I know your sister. She we used to talk all the time. And so it was really cool. And I, I see, I, I have some of the people that I have mentored like on social media. So they talk to me from every now and then and whatnot. So that's good okay well I want you to, to read one of your poems but I'm not ignoring you I'm answering stuff on Facebook so <laughs> so shoot let's hear one okay this one's one of my favorites it's called a letter to my younger self it says um, first I just want to say breathe take a deep breath and count to ten yes I know you think that it won't work but it does I know that things are really bad right now but eventually it'll be okay it will get better Please don't be afraid of the next day and what it might bring because you are so strong and you're going to get through it even if you don't think so. Have a little faith in yourself because there are going to be times you are all you have. You are so brave and strong and I know every morning you put your face on to hide the pain you lock up tight behind the wall that is your heart. 
I know that you want to seem strong for your brothers. Never let them see the tears you shed at night when darkness greets you with the grim smile. You need to know that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to cry and it's okay to be mad. You have every right. But never let it sit and crawl in your veins and eat at you till you are bitter like them. You are not the victim. You were the victim. You are a survivor, a warrior, and a fighter. I know it hurts. It hurts so much losing your mom and dad, being separated from your brothers, and being shoved into strangers' homes. Strangers you so badly want to blame for all of the pain you're going through. Some of those strangers will change you for the better. They will teach you how to smile. Really smile. They will tell you that every single flaw that you once thought made you ugly makes you beautiful. They will teach you that you should laugh as loud as you want no matter what anyone thinks. Oh, and the other foster kids like you. They will teach you the most. No matter how alone you feel and like the world is crumbling at your feet, there are people trying to hold it up with you. You are not alone. As for your brothers, all I can say is love them. Love them with all you have. Yes, I know that you already do, but I mean when it's hardest to love them. You know more than anyone that you can be hard to love at times too. So love them and never turn your back on them because they are still family. All the pain you feel from your parents giving up on you will eventually melt into forgiveness. Yes, sometimes it still does hurt, and I'm sorry, but I think that it always will. It's okay though, because even if your parents don't want you anymore, mine do. They love you when you mess up, they love you on your good and bad days, they love you even when you jump on a plane and find out the hard way that you're bio parents haven't changed they will love you when you don't like them they will love you when they don't like you either and they will always be there no matter how much you push them away you're probably wondering why and how it's because they are your parents you dreamed of um, you wish for in the nights you dreamed of another life they are our mom and dad and we finally found them the last thing I want to say is love yourself you're beautiful you're smart and you're so capable of so many things Yes, I struggle to believe it myself, but I am trying to see the beauty in me again. Do not, do not, don't let what people think of you get to you so much. Don't let those boys think that you can't hit them just as hard because you're a girl. Don't push so many people away. Let them see you. See how you paint words of pain into words of hope, how you draw the darkness in the world in hopes of creating some light. Do not let the world fold you into a case file and tuck you away, because everything you are feeling now, the hurt, the anger, the sadness, and the pain, um, and the pain to create light and love this world so desperately needs. Wow. Oh, I love her poetry. Beautiful. That was Absolutely beautiful. I love it. And you said something in, in there that <laughs> now made me... I thought you were going to bring it up. have a question. Okay. Let's talk about when kids grow up in foster care and get adopted, but then go find their family. Okay. And jump on planes. And jump on planes <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> To go to a different state. <laughs> you yes. did that? Yes, I did. <laughs> my, yes. Mom, my mom was not very happy with me. So, um, once I turned 18, I was allowed to have contact with my biological parents again. Mm -hmm. And so, I knew the risk. I knew what they were like. But I wanted to see if it was better. You know, if they were actually better. And so, we started talking. And the next thing you know, I was talking to them. And they were, um, they were you know, they were just convincing me that everything was great and that they're better and they're not doing drugs and they're not drinking and and they're mentally stable and whatever and so I was like okay you know I want to see I want to see what's going on and so I called my brother who got contact with my birth father and they got me a plane ticket and I took off that night and I went to go see them and I didn't tell anyone until I was on the plane 
going or at the airport about to get on my flight and leave to California and it only lasted about two months because they were not better my birth father was still an alcoholic and my birth mom was struggling as well she was you know still doing drugs and being her usual self and whatnot and and I just realized that there was nothing there for me anymore that that's not part of my life that those weren't even my parents you know, my parents were waiting for me to come back home and so I came back home and I remember the day I decided to come back home I was uh, FaceTiming with my mom and she put my dad on and all this time when I was in California I was with my my birth father me and him were really close when I was younger and so then when I went to go see him again it was just me dealing with all his stuff again and then I remember her turning the camera to my my dad walking into the room and I just started crying and I was like that's a dad that's who he would never do what I'm going through right now and he told me and I remember my dad telling me I'm getting you a ticket and you're coming home and I said okay and so I went home the next day or a few days later the 16th of August I remember so yeah that was a very very tough time for all of y'all yeah I, w I was I was in on that I took lots of crying calls mm-hmm but but just so everybody knows that lots of times when kids grow up, whether they, they age out in foster care or they get adopted, lots of times they reach out and, and look for their birth family because they're not so much looking for things to change, but they're looking for a reconnection. They want roots. They want somewhere where yeah. they belong, somewhere where they feel like is different, like, oh, they know me inside and out. They know me better than anybody can. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always turn out a good situation. I have an adopted sister that is out there just crazy and making babies and living with mental illness and, you know, in touch with her birth family. And it is not a good situation. No. We hear from her when she needs money. And that's about it. And she's she's mentally retarded. Um, her IQ is very low. And so it's a very, very tough situation because trying to connect with somebody who's in another state over a phone or text is hard because she was one of those that you had to look in her eyes to get her to understand where you were coming from. Right. So not every situation is really good and it doesn't end up happy. But we were so glad to have Precious back. Yeah, I was really happy to be back. Because I was going to have to buy a ticket. It was not going to be pretty. <laughs> Go get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I was, will bring you home, girl. That is something that I... No one lets me forget that I did that. Yeah. Like, do you remember that one time you ran away to California? Yes, Mom. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. And I was 19, but they still call it running away. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you still were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was... Yeah. You were running towards something. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really good for you, though. No. No. It wasn't good. We were, you know, living in and out of hotels when I was there. They told me they had a house. They didn't. We were living in hotels. We ended up getting a house, but my birth father got the house hustling like he always does. And one of his biggest things whenever I was younger was he hustled churches out of money. Oh, wow. So that's how he got the house. But your birth mom and your birth dad were still together? Mm. They're on and off. Interesting. Yeah. They're very toxic. Yeah, but they for still each other. Yes. Yeah. And for us. You yeah. Know, the, my older brothers still um, talk to them and interact with them, you know, and everything like that. But I don't speak to them anymore. And how many siblings did you have with them? Were um, there four of y'all? 
I have four full blood brothers, and then I have my sister that I found two years ago, and she's amazing. And, and everyone thinks that every, yep, everyone thinks <laughs> that we look just the same. She's like my best friend. I love her so much, and um, so I have my sister, and then I have my brothers. But we know that there's more. We know really? that there's more. Yeah. So I, I know that I have three half brothers at least as on well. Your, on your dad's all side. All my all his. All his, yeah. Really? Yes. He was spreading his seed. He was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, it's nice to know that you have other siblings out yeah. there, though. Yeah. When I found out I had my sister, I was ecstatic. It was amazing. But we did were she, so close. Was she in foster care? Or she get mm-hmm. put up for adoption? Or no. where was she at? No, she, she's with her mom, who I like oh, to also Oh, her mom. Call. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because she's a different mom. Okay, got it. Yeah. And she's not toxic. No, 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 no. Wow. She's amazing. She lives in Oregon. I got to meet her for the first time in May, and I got to go meet all her family, and I call her mom mom as well because yeah. she's, she's super sweet. She's already commenting on, oh, on the nice. I, I see you, Crystal. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Well, so. hello, Crystal. Thanks for tuning in to Joko Community Radio Intentional Parenting. I love this. We've reached Oregon. Yay, high five. Yeah. Oregon, yes. <laughs> That is so cool. Yeah. That is exciting. So let's yeah. talk about being part of a big family. It's amazing. Because the adoptive family is huge. Yeah, 20. Yeah. 20. Mm-hmm. 20. That's Patty's. Yes. Yeah. Patty's adopted kids. Yeah. 20 yeah. of Patty, you. Patty's mm-hmm. crazy. 20, 20 of y'all. Yeah. Of y'all. Yes. Here in Texas. Yes. <laughs> Not in Oregon. <laughs> in no Texas. Texas. <laughs> yeah, there's 20 of us. I'm number 13. I live with my my sister as well. Y'all have shirts. I'm number three. We do have shirts. They do because on adoption no day. Yeah. No, no, seriously, they on adoption day every time that they've adopted a kid, we all wear the same. They color. all wear the same color, and their number of adoption is on the back of them. So, what's your what's your color? Well, my color was when I got it's out of been it. different. My it's color different for each kid. Yeah, we all get to pick our favorite, favorite color. color. So what was, yeah, my what color was at the time was purple. That was my favorite color. So everyone wore purple, and my mom helped me crochet a purple beanie and i wore that i have a picture cool. show me hello <laughs> wow. and They're, yeah it was they have such cool rituals yeah <laughs> well no wonder she adopts so many rituals. kids she has yeah. fun with um, it on holidays is it thanksgiving <gasps> with the pie thanksgiving we do everybody's favorite pie yeah on thanksgiving connie they yeah. do um Everyone's patty bakes everybody their own yeah. favorite pie so cool. we do every single one of us has our own pie i always do banana so she'll Banana bake, cream. she'll bake mm-hmm. each kid their own yes. personalized pie. Every single pie. one of us gets their own pie. Every single I think I would be the kid that would pick something totally off the That's my sister Lexi. <laughs> what does she pick? She just picks the weird Like spot. rhubarb or she, something. Last time she got like mixed berries and it was like raspberries and blueberries and cherries. And she always gets, I remember that one. I don't know if that was the one she got last year, but she yeah. always gets the odd Something pies. unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of fig. us just get the same thing. I want thing. fig pie. <laughs> yeah, or they try to convince her to to make a cobbler for him instead of a pie. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, how fun is that? No wonder Patty adopts so many kids. <laughs> I know she's so like cool. every day's a party. Patty is. It, yeah. it really it's is. never a dull moment. And there's moment. always cookies and sweet tea at her house. Really? No matter when you go. Sweet tea for sure. And sweet tea. Always sweet tea. And chances yeah. are somebody is crocheting. Mm-hmm. The boys, the boys will make hats. The you know they we just all, all do it. We all do stuff like it that. So we all cool. crochet. We all know how to book fold. Yeah. What's a what do you mean book fold? Book fold. So you make like pictures 
through folding the books. So you get a, a book. It has to be like a hardback book. Yeah. And you fold the papers. And then when you close it, it has like a, a letter or a picture on it. Yeah, we My mom taught us how to do them. One in the office that says hope that Patty made. Or yeah. Heather, I, I want to know how to do that. Cool. We need to have her on the morning show. I know, right? When Patty gets well. Yeah, she's, she's recovering from back she's surgery recovering right, right now. now yeah. So, Dill, you're watching because I saw you chime in. So, tell Patty when she gets back, she's going to have to come from 7 to 9. 7 to 9. And 7 to 9 on the morning teach show. Teach us how to crochet <laughs> and make, what did you call it, book what? Book folding. Book They're folding. Cool. I have never heard of such thing. She does. She sells yeah, them. They're it's pretty really cool. cool. They've got, she, she can do them with angels as the picture. Yeah. Uh, she needs to do one for Joko. That's what we can do. That would be awesome. Dill, tell Patty to make a book for Joko. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's laying there with nothing else to do. I mean, come on. Right? Listen, that's That'd a be true so story, cool. and I know she's so bored. She, she, she know, just sure did she a is. really cool one where she, it was an RN one, and she had to cut. I saw that one. She, she told me, she's like, it's killing me, because the whole reason why I was doing book folding, so I didn't have to ruin the book, but if I'm cutting the pages, it's messing the book up. Um, but it looked great. It yeah, I saw that Amazing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes, it had the whole RN symbol in the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Really cool. I can't wait. I can't wait to get one for Joko, Patty. That mm-hmm. is so cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> Precious, so you'll help her, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know how to do it. Okay, good. <laughs> do you know how to do it, too, Amy? No, I don't yeah. know how to do it. Amanda, do you know how to book fold? I do not. Do you want to learn how? I would love to learn I know. How. We'll have a class. It'll be <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> Anybody wants to join our book folding class, instructed by Patty Brooks, when she gets better, let us know. Put it in the comments below. We'll send out the invite. <laughs> Patty's going to kill you. <laughs> and I'm going to get fired and I can't host no more. <laughs> no, they just won't let me stay in here anymore is what the problem is. Whatever. She's my mom. She's going to get on to me. Yeah. Precious, it's all your fired. fault. Right? You can't get fired, though. No, but I can hear about it every now <laughs> Every time she calls me. Amanda, she's going to be like, I sent you there to keep it calm. <laughs> <laughs> now she knows not to send me somewhere to keep it calm. <laughs> uh-huh. Look at her fabulous hair. Did y'all see her walk by mm-hmm. here? Wow. Okay, she sorry. Teeth. <laughs> right? Uh huh. So I digress. So thank you. Thank you. We're in the window, and sometimes it can be a little distracting. So yeah, that crazy. But yeah. you see the fun stuff. I know, right? So Amanda, you work for a world for children. Yes. Right? You're a representative mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. I'm a case manager. She's a case manager. So is this your first time meeting Precious? Yes. Yes. How mm-hmm. cool is that? Now you know yes. Patty's daughter, Precious. I do. Right? I do. It's awesome. That's fun. So as a case manager, you, you've had case managers in your life, right, Precious? Of course, yes. Did you, ever, did you ever aspire to be a case manager like Amanda? No. No? Do you have any questions for Amanda? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> I feel no. I, I've uh, done an event where I spoke to a whole room of case workers and, mm-hmm. and everything. It was funny because my mom didn't tell me how big it was. She's like, it's only like 200. It wasn't 200. It was like over 1,000 people. Really? Yeah. And I walk in, and my dad was taking me. I walk in, and I was like, this is not. No, 200 people. And I walk back out, and I call her. She's like, well, Precious, I didn't want to tell you because I knew you'd freak out. And, yeah, so. I found the book. Wow. (laughs) Oh, the The Orion book. That is so cool. Precious, yeah. what was your opinion of your case managers, caseworkers? I think Did I only changed? had, oh yeah, it changed. I, within the first, when I first got in foster care when I was 10, that's when I remember most of my caseworkers. I, um, I remember my first caseworker there, she couldn't handle our case. It was too much for her. There's, it, 
and so she ended up quitting. She was only a case manager for, or caseworker for two weeks. And then I remember I had one caseworker that was good, and her name was Stephanie Perry, and she was amazing. Shout and out to Stephanie Perry. Yes. Yeah. Wherever you are, Stephanie, I love you. <laughs> she is amazing. She was the best caseworker I ever had. And she, I mean, she would remember our birthdays. She would talk to us. She would take us out bowling. It wow. was it was amazing. Like, I never had someone do that for us before. So and were you still in foster care at the time, or were you with Patty? Or were, no, were with, with her, she, she actually was the one who took me to, to my mom's house. Oh, very good. Yeah, she drove me all the way down there. Wow. It was about five hours, because I lived in Midland, Odessa at the time. Wow. And she drove me all the way down there. She made sure to go take me to get Chinese food before I went, because that's my favorite. Yeah. And, you know, we just talked the whole time she's 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 great and she was she's the one caseworker that I always remember oh wow and I know I had a good CASA worker Donna Campbell I have her on Facebook she might also be watching I don't know but she was she was a really good caseworker she would bring us you know stuff all the time and she would always remember and she keeps up with us still even mm -hmm. when I'm not in the system and she she asked me she wants me to write a book and everything so she always asked me how my writing is going how I'm doing and how the boys are doing and and I was lucky to have some good people, you know. There yeah. were there were some that just, you know, I was just another case file to them, but there were some that really did care. Like I had some of the workers that were with me when I was in the shelter, and I remember I remember them, and I have them on Facebook too. I that is so cool. Yeah, and they're so following you. They watching keep, how successful you're going to be. Well, one of my foster dads, um, Ricky. He was the first one to ever tell me he thought that I would do something big, you know, that I would need to share my story. And I always remember everything he tells me because he, I remember I made a card one time with my drawing on it. He was like, Precious, he goes, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to do something big and you're going to, you're going to change some lives. And I was like, I was like 13. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. But no, it was really cool. He was, he was a good guy, him and his wife, Jennifer. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. By the way, a CASA worker, because she used that term, for those who don't know, is a person that is appointed by the courts, by the courts to act as an advocate or liaison for the child. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of the in-between so that it, you know, they're not directly associated to the case. Mm -hmm. They're just put on it. So it's, it, it's a very cool position to have. And you can be a CASA worker. Look it up in your community. Mm-hmm. It is such an incredible ministry more than anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. That is so cool. Amanda, what yeah. made you decide to become a caseworker for a child, a world for children? Well, um, my husband and I were house parents at um, two different children's homes oh, within cool. the last eight years. That's what Jennifer and Ricky did. Yeah. yeah. And um, this last one we were in, um, in Medina, we worked with the children's caseworkers daily and I just thought it was an amazing position somebody to really advocate mm -hmm. and um, fight for the kids and um, the house parents and it really um, encouraged me to move in this type of position oh very good did you did you get your degree in this or or when you were a house parent did you decide okay then I want to go into being a caseworker for a world for children or how did that work out well, with the World for Children, um, while I was looking for case management positions, mm -hmm. I um, I do have my degree, okay. um, but I was looking for case management positions, and um, 
applied for a world for children and really you know did some research and looked up patty and <laughs> i saw some i saw some really she's, good she, things she's google you can google her yeah google. Rooks. google patty Rooks. you can yeah. google all of us which is weird because yeah. i can google myself I'd, and find things on there yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that, that her i'm gonna google now yeah no, don't do that <laughs> i thought that her you know her story was amazing and her being the regional director and um coming in for interviews and meeting the staff i just I thought it was going to be an amazing place to work, and I'm enjoying it. Very cool. And your office is located right here in Burleson? Or are you the one in Burleson? Yeah. Just like right two by minutes. The, right by the memorial. Right by the memorial. That's mm -hmm. right. So, yeah, and you're in that big, beautiful building over there. Yes. yes. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I, too, I like that building. It's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty mm -hmm. building. Yeah. Ours is pretty, too. But that's a pretty building. <laughs> <laughs> it's much newer than the building we're in right now. But how cool is that? So you, did you just walk in and automatically go, okay, this is it. This is where I want to be. Did you um, get that feeling? I did. Yeah. I did get that feeling first meeting with Patty and then meeting um, with Abby Smart, my supervisor. Mm -hmm. um, it just it worked. Very and good. I was like, this, this is going to be an awesome place. Very good. It's, that's how meetings are with Patty anyway. I know, right? When <laughs> I found out, when I like, found I like out her. she made really good cookies, I asked her to adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm not adopting you, Amy. That's one of my mom's favorite stories for me to tell. It was my first day. You've heard the story, haven't you? Amy? Yes, tell your first day. Okay. Because <laughs> my mom always is like, do it. Do it, Precious. Tell the story. She loves it. So, like I said, I drove like five hours to get there anyway. So, I've been in the car all day with my caseworker. And we get there and we pull in. And my parents' house is in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And I just came from living in the city. So, uh, and I was also, I will admit, I was ghetto, and they will tell you that, too. I was, yeah, Amy knows. And, <laughs> and so I went in, and I just remember the, the school bus pulling in as I was getting out of the car. And, and they just started pouring out, all of them. And I stopped counting after, like, nine kids. I was like, and I turned to my caseworker, I said, you said this was going to be a foster home. This isn't a foster home. There's too many kids. She goes, group home, group home. And I was like, okay. And so I go inside, and the first thing I do is I knock on the door, and one of the foster girls meets me um, at the door, and she goes, you touch my stuff, and I'll kill you. Oh. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I've been in shelter, so I wasn't really. It didn't face you at all. It didn't really all. face me, like, no. Eh, whatever. I was like, okay. And so I walk in, and we do our paperwork and everything. And by the way, she also said that right in front of my caseworker, too. Mm. So, but anyways, and I meet my mom and everyone, and my dad's not there yet. And I walk in, and we do paperwork. And then for some reason, my mom thinks, you know, it's a good idea to stick her in the room with the girl who just threatened her. So she was my, my roommate. And so she's, she also made her go help me unpack and, and find things for my clothes to go and everything. And so she goes in there, and I'm at the top bunk and making my bed. And she's at the closet just throwing stuff out of the closet. And it's my sister's stuff. And she's throwing the stuff out of the closet. I don't know why you're here. You, you, There's no room for you. We've already got too many kids. And there's no room for your stuff. And you got too much stuff. And then my sister walks in from, from school, and she goes, Are you throwing my stuff on the floor? That is silk. Do not throw that on the floor. <laughs> and then, then they start going at it. They start boxing right there. Wow. And this is the first time I met my dad. And he comes and he's a big guy. I don't know if you've ever met my dad, but he's a big guy. And he is a big old cowboy. And he walks in and I could hear him coming down the hallway. And he goes, you, 
out. And I was like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> and I get out and, and I'm sitting on the couch while all this is happening. And it's just chaos everywhere. And it was so funny. I thought it was hilarious, <laughs> to be honest with you. And they were all running around and, you know, and so then, then about, I've been there for <laughs> maybe an hour, <laughs> maybe. And there's like four, maybe three police cars in the front. And then next thing you know, one of the other girls has an asthma attack in the front yard. And so then I've been there for about two hours and there's a, a fire truck, like two ambulances and like six police cars in the front yard. And I'm just sitting on the couch eating chips. And my mom walks by and she goes, you're still here? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm still here. She goes, all right. And she told me that was the moment she knew she wanted to keep me. Because you wow. just kind of chill. Yeah, and just... she's just like, that's the moment I knew I wanted you. Oh, how funny. <laughs> yeah. Because you were like, no disturbance here. I'm good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is so she funny. She said, any, any actually other kid? on here. Oh, yeah. she is? Yeah. She, yeah. she goes, any other kid um, would have called their caseworker by then. Yeah. And, yeah. You're so. like, this is the best place I've been in a long time. At least it's entertaining. <laughs> it <was> great. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, I do remember, and I don't know if she knows this, but I did call my caseworker the next day. You did? I was like, you got here <laughs> they're crazy and she was like no just give them a chance but she actually thought that I was the one that got in a fight and she goes you got in a fight on your first day it's like I'm not driving five hours to come pick you up I was like it wasn't me it was somebody else, <laughs> it was somebody else. one of those other girls yeah uh -huh. your That's mama funny. says she is so very proud of you and wishes she could be here um, you're here in spirit Patty you're here on you're are here you're right here online it's awesome. right? I love you mom <laughs> She texted me yesterday a picture of tortilla soup, and I was like, yum, who made it? I didn't think she could cook with her back out like that. Yeah. She goes, me, you butthead. And I was like, <laughs> love you, Mom. <laughs> you go. You go, Patty. Yeah. I've been keeping Precious, you down. Precious can cook. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So what are some of the life skills that your mom and dad have taught you over the years that are important to you right now? Um, well, I got to them by the time I was 16, so I kind of already knew a bunch of stuff. But yeah. my mom did teach me how to read a clock. Oh. I didn't know how to read, like, one of those. Yeah. And I will admit it, because my mom likes to tell people, too, so I yeah. mean, might as well say it before she can. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know how to read a clock. They didn't teach me how to do that. I also didn't know I was dyslexic, and my mom was the one who was like, Precious, I think, you know, you are. And I was like, oh, okay. Really? Yeah. So they and helped you me with that. your poetry was beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, mostly with numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um... I don't know, they, they teach me, right now they're teaching me all about bills and how to get stuff taken care of, and, um, because while I had, you know, to take care of my brothers, I didn't, I wasn't with them, deal with money. If we didn't have money, I just didn't use it, but now, you know, you gotta have money, and right. so, I deal with that. She was helping me fill out an application the other day, over the phone and everything, so she helps me with stuff like that, mm -hmm. and I'll call her. I mean, I remember I'll be in the store and I'd be like, Mom, I don't know what laundry detergent to get, and she'll be like, She'll tell me what to do and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. That's what moms are for. I remember mm -hmm. she laughed at me one time because I was like, Mom, I don't know what kind of pancake mix is the right kind of pancake mix. And she's like, it says complete on it. I said, I don't know what you're talking about because I can't see that. And then she takes me to the store the next day and is like, this is the one you're supposed to be getting. <laughs> the one where it says just add water. Yeah. Always works That's well. That's <laughs> the one she told me. <laughs> That's the one. Uh-huh. They have a gluten-free one now, too. <laughs> yeah, gluten-free pancake mix. It's really good. I Just think uh, along the way, a lot of my foster parents taught me different things. Yeah. So, like, um, 
I know one of my foster, I think actually my foster parent, who's now my brother's mom, she's the one who actually taught me how to make enchilada sauce. Wow. Yeah. So she taught me like how to do the roux and everything like that. So it is so good. <laughs> well, thank goodness well, for her. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, anytime I we want Mexican food at the house, I'm the one. I'm the only Mexican in the family. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My mom likes to bring me stuff that says like on the shirts. It'll say like Border Patrol or Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks she's funny. So <laughs> she'll bring me hot sauce for my trips. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> That's all true because uh-huh. I can remember saying I should have supported her. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, one time my mom made me make over like 300 enchiladas because we were doing something for the homeless. Mm-hmm. It ended up getting a vent and it ended up getting canceled. So we had like these big, huge tin pans of we were hundreds of enchiladas. For weeks. We were throwing those out to everybody. Yeah. So wow. And when I was like 16, we did that. So. That's amazing. Yeah. What are the holidays like at your house? They're wild. Are they? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of kids. 20. Especially, Is yeah. there 20? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, Thanksgiving is, is always mm, the favorite. Cal- Christmas is cool. Halloween is cool. But Thanksgiving is what we're always all looking forward to. Because we'll have, my parents will make like two turkeys. And my mom will be cooking like two days ahead of time. Because she's got to make like 20 pies. So right. she gets everyone's orders like a week ahead of time and then we start you know making them the kids will help make her yeah. make them like the cream pies but she makes the ones in the oven majority of the time right and she i remember one year she went all out for those pies and she like did hearts on them and and everything like that it was really cool so thanksgiving is is everyone's favorite christmas is a little bit crazier because I remember, especially when they were still fostering, because I remember one Christmas Eve there was a big fight, and one of the, my dad ended up getting hit, I think in the elbow with a laptop or a frying pan or something. Laptop. Laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a frying pans that were being thrown. Oh and my. Yeah, it was pretty wild. So, and then um, I like to do stuff with the kids like on New Year's and spring break, and one spring break. Um, I took all the kids. Do you know Your this? mom said she's going to kill you. What, what did I do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She'll call me after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-oh. I love you, Mom. <laughs> That's going to be the Border Patrol shirt. That's probably I'm why she's going to kill me. <laughs> That's funny, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Oh, Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. One spring break is what it was. And I took all the kids. We were out and we had like glow sticks and we were out playing games outside. And apparently one of my brothers, I don't remember which one it was, and they were yelling, help me, help me. And apparently one of the neighbors heard and called the cops on us. And <laughs> so we see the co- cops pulling up and we we're like, oh, what did we do? And so we, we run inside and we sit down and I went and got my, I was like, be cool. Just sit on the couch gonna be okay and they were all like they're not being cool they were like you know they're not looking all guilty yes yeah and I was like I'll go tell mom the police are here so I go tell her I was like yeah mom the police are here what did y'all do (laughs) we did nothing (laughs) we really didn't do anything because we did it Uh and then the police officer comes in and says oh we got someone call and say that they heard a kid yell and help me and and I was like no we were just outside playing and the cop was like laughing he thought it was funny and yeah. he was just like oh no y'all are good and 
He's like, y'all can go back out and play. My mom didn't let us go back out and play. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember that. We do stuff like that all the time. Those are our holidays. Well, there's 20 kids. Yeah. <laughs> what's, it, what are, what's the youngest that's in the home right now? Two, three. She just turned three. Patty has a three-year-old? <laughs> yes. She took in the baby of a former foster kid. Mm-hmm. Wow. No and wonder back her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I can only imagine. And can you imagine having 19 siblings? We give her whatever she wants. Of if one of us doesn't did. give it to her, someone else will give it to her. Right. Yeah. What's the oldest? Uh, Crystal. Uh, Crystal's like 32, 33, something like that. And how old are you, Precious? Uh, 22. Wow. I guessed right. I thought You 22. did, yeah. 22. Yeah. That's amazing. So do you feel like one day you'll have foster children or you'll adopt or? Um, I think I've always wanted to adopt or one day, but ironically being in a big family, I don't want to have a lot of kids. <laughs> I want maybe one or two. Yeah. <laughs> I used to want a big family, but I already got a big family, so yeah. I'll be okay. Plus, that only gives my mom like a lot more grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> She's already got like, I don't know, how many does she have? A lot. A lot. Uh-huh. Patty, know. how many grandkids do you have? Mm-hmm. I'm sure she knows the number right off the top of her head. <laughs> she's on medication. She, I doubt she knows she's, anything. Yeah, she's probably She's going to kill doubles. you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Everything doubles when, when you're on pain medication. Yeah, I see that she put, I'm going to kill you, precious. <laughs> and right before that, she says she's proud of me and that she loves me. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Julianne yeah, uh-huh. right. Julian Kniff Smith said, Patty is such an inspiration to me. And she absolutely is. You are so right, Julie. She's a little crazy, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you have to be a little crazy to be able to do what she's done. But she's done it so well and so successfully. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if you come into fostering and adoption and you aren't crazy, we will train you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you definitely have to have the heart for it as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. We have time for another poem. Another poem? Another poem. Don't you have one more than numbers? Is that right? What is it? More than a number? More than a number? No. I went way back. Okay, just pick one. Is that like a super old one that you're talking about? No, of course it is. (laughs) Are you talking about normal? This is my mom's favorite one. It's the, we'll read that one, but the one I was thinking of talks about the, um, uh, has the has numbers and all that in it about the number of your case and the number Are of... Are you talking about my necklace? No, maybe. I don't know. Okay, then I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, read the one that your mom likes. Okay, maybe this will make her happy with me now. <laughs> um, it's called Normal. It says, You get a lot of stupid questions being a foster child. What kind of food do you eat? Do you share clothes or underwear? Do you get to be a normal child? My answer, what kind of food do you eat? No, I do not share underwear with the kids I live with. And Normal... As far as I know, normal is overrated. When I get asked questions like this, I smile and answer them as though I am a puppet moving at the hands of another. Being a foster kid doesn't mean we are evil and psychotic because of what movies perceive us as. We are as normal as a beaten puppy is after its owner finally tosses it out on the street. I'm not telling you this for your pity. I'm telling you because I'm tired of the pity, the lies, and the broken promises. I'm not here to offend you or make you uncomfortable, but I'm here to tell you when you meet with us because you want to take us in, you need to remember. We can smell your fear. We can pick the rotten ones out like a farmer picking apples. We can see if you slip out the door with your tail between your legs because we are too hard to handle. I'm not trying to scare you, but remind you that no matter how much we want to be normal for you, we remember who we are. We are broken and lost, angry and hurt, but we are gentle and kind, and all we want is that chance to be loved. 
Wow. 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 I, wow. That's, she that's has book really good. After book after book. <laughs> and yeah. journal after journal after journal. I, I have journals going back from like the fifth grade. So that's amazing. And people really do ask you those questions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had someone ask me if we share underwear before. I've had someone say um, if we all sleep in the same room and have to share beds. And constantly the biggest question I get whenever people find out that my parents have 20 kids is, do you have a big house? And I'm like, no, we do not have a big house. <laughs> but, but the funny part to that is that I've been around in a summer when Patty was getting a placement and I was like, what are you doing today? She goes, we're adding a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just build another room or to the back we, of the house. At one point we had three bunk beds. So it was like one bunk bed here, one yep. bunk bed here, one bunk bed here. Mom said that too. Yeah. So that was yeah. fun. Yeah, we would just climb on each other and whatnot. So I had the very bottom one. That's the one I wanted. And eight was the answer to the question. She has eight, eight grandkids. grandkids. Eight grandkids. Eight grandkids. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And so many people are enjoying this today. So thank you all for tuning mm-hmm. in and I watching. Know. And, all my and people showed up. Responding. Uh, you know, if you if you have any questions, um, Amy will come back and, and Patty. Between Amy and Patty and probably Precious mm-hmm. and Amanda, if you have any questions, drop them in the comments below. Somebody will get back to you. If you want to send a private message or send a message to a world for children, uh, Amanda, what's the website for that? awfc.org, a world for children.org. Thank you, Precious. What was it? A world for AWFC.org. Mm-hmm. AWFC. FC. Mm-hmm. AWFC dot org. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm going to get this in a second. Sylvia Chavez White said, Hi, Amanda. Okay, hi, Amanda's mom. Yeah. So cool. Such great information because I think there is a stigma to having foster kids or kids coming out of the system and bringing them into your own home. And Precious, would you say that you're the exception to the rule, or you're just as normal as every any other kid out there? Obviously, you're just as normal. I think that I'm probably just as normal. I wasn't even supposed to get adopted. The really? Because you were older? Yeah. Well, you're on adop- considered unadoptable by the age of eight years old. And so by the time um, I was in foster care, I was already, it was already going to be hard for me to get adopted anyways. Right. And then... Once I did get adopted, or once I got placed with my mom and dad, the plan wasn't for adoption. It was for me to stay there or stay somewhere until I aged out of the system. It was just by chance that we all just, that, you know, I was like, I want to stay here. And that my parents were like, we're, of course, we'll adopt you, you know. Wow. So it was, it was all by chance, you know. Was that you going to them and saying, I want to stay here? Or did they ever come to you and say, hey, hey, do you think this is the place you want to spend the rest of your time at? Or No, I told them. You told them. You went to them and said, hey, I think I'm good here. Well, for when, I've never, ever, ever, ever called any of my foster parents' mom and dad. Yeah. It took me about a week to call my mom, mom, and two weeks to call my dad, dad. Wow. That never, ever happened. And that's how I knew that I, you know, it took me about a week or two to fall in love with them and to know I wanted them to be my mom and dad. And so I decided I wanted to stay. And it, it took me, of course, my mom will always say, you know, right before I got adopted, which all, most kids do it anyways, is like, I'm not going to get adopted. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, then I, yeah. You think the, that was the fear just coming out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you're so used to being abandoned and used to people being like, oh, yeah, I, I want you. I want to be in your life. And then just leaving. 
Yeah. And so whenever they're like, yes, we want you in our life, I'm like, that never happens. I always, I always get taken away. I always lose the people that I love the most, you know. And so I, I definitely did struggle that with, I still struggle with that sometimes with my, with my family. How many foster homes were you in before um, you? I have no idea. I lost right. track after like eight. Really? Yeah. You know, we have a, we have a new show starting next week called A Voice for the Voiceless, and it's oh, hosted by that. a woman by Glenetta. Her name is Glenetta. She was in 36 or 38 foster homes by the time she was 18. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she has a new show coming out next week, so that'll be interesting. That is cool. Maybe you can be a part of that. Yeah, I would love to. You can yeah. meet Glenetta. She's amazing. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a big world out there it for is foster a care and adoptive work. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And so many messages, and so many messages of strength and empowerment that come with it. So, yeah. Yeah. I get emotional thinking that. <laughs> Yeah, so fun. I love it. Yeah. This was so good. Do you have any comments, any uh, shout-outs y'all want to give to anybody? Mom, Uh, I love you. Don't be mad. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's over it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm impressed my people showed up today. My mom has been on. She said she's really enjoying the the people that are on this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, of course, Patty's here and my best friend Alicia and my best friend Taryn. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, everybody showed up. Sharon Long, big shout-outs to you, girlfriend. That's my mama. Yeah, there you go. She's really enjoying this. Mm -hmm. So, thank you, Sharon. That's awesome. So, Amanda, you have any shout-outs, any words of wisdom that you want to give to anybody that's from a world of children's perspective? Um, words of wisdom. I always have Um, trouble with that, too. Uh (laughs) Well, um, I guess... I would have to say talking about a foster care system and when, you know, kids come into a home and everything, um, getting to listen to your story was amazing and um, things that I will remember, um, especially when I'm uh, placing children, meeting children. Ask them Um, their names and remember their names. That's something I never got when I was in the foster care. Mm -hmm. I think that um, having a show like this is amazing to get to listen to a former child in foster care who's mm-hmm. been adopted and just um, listen to the kids when right. they're talking to you. Um, do not make empty promises. Mm. <laughs> um, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And, yes. Um, so, you know, um, foster parents, I think, I just think they're amazing. Yeah. And um, making that decision to bring a child into their home who's right. been through a lot and um, just to remember to be supportive, mm-hmm. be supportive of those parents, be supportive of the kids and, right. you know, be there. Right. That's awesome. Lots of learning. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you for sharing so much, Precious. No problem. Do you want to give shout outs to anybody? Other than the people that you've already mentioned? Because <laughs> you've had a lot of support from here. I mean, it's been amazing. I love all of my family and friends. Well, you know what? You're welcome to come back anytime. You can just come hang out. It'll be fun. Okay. That's what I do. Let's right? do it. Amy Amy hangs out here every once in a while. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be on the morning show. Let's do it. I know, <laughs> I right? Yeah. But thank you guys so much for coming out. Precious, as always, you rock. <laughs> thank you. Because I am one of her biggest fans. Well, I am too now. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for letting me uh, worship you for just a moment. <laughs> I love it. This was fun. So y'all will be back same time next week? Same time, 10 o'clock. 10 Intentional o'clock. Intentional parenting. Thursday, Thursday mornings, intentional parenting, 10 to 11. Just every 10 Thursday. 10 to 11 every Thursday. Lots of good information. Yep. Well, we thank y'all for being here.
I love being here. I love Joko. <laughs> I know. I love Joko too. And Patty, thank you. You get well so we can see you soon. And uh, I, I look so forward to having the book made. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm going to watch you make she it. She said she'll get on it. So. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. We're All right. out. Y'all have a good day. Bye. Hungry for 